Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, you can, and we hope that you will. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, live as always from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Uh, again, we've got the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us. We got Nuno, we got Hembo, we got Bubba, and my good buddy Dan Graziano, insider extraordinaire, good enough to stop by as well as he is here at the Seaport with us uh, for the entirety of this day, doing any number of different jobs, and we're happy to have you. You know our buddy Nuno, yes? Yeah. He is he is nervous almost beyond ability to speak. With Portugal playing this afternoon this against afternoon, Switzerland yeah. in the World Cup, I think. Well, uh, are you a World Cup guy? Do you get? Yeah, into I it? am. I'm a big World Cup guy. Yeah, I run a pool. <clears throat> oh, you're right. You're Hembo's in, in it. Really fun. Yeah, Hembo. Well, yeah, because he started winning. He wasn't, like you asked him a week ago. What is he the wasn't pool? Having fun. What does that mean? Well, like, we pick all the group stage games, and then you know you have the standings, and then and then you, everybody fills out a bracket. You had what like 18 hours to do your bracket, right? Because and then then we award points for the for the latter stages too. Point values go up, but the trick of the pool is. You get a, like, for instance, the group stage games are worth two points each. There's a three-point bonus for any game in which the two nations have ever fought a war against each other. <laughs> so we don't really know going forward how many points are available. Depends on the matchups, right? Like, you know, I mean, Germany's out, so that takes care of a lot of it. You know, but, you know, USA is out. That takes care of a lot of it. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, as long as England and France are still kicking around, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bloody history in this pool. Boy, that's yeah. a war bonus. That's you got a, the war bonus. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a twist I didn't see coming. No. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> you got to do something to differentiate yourself. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of World Cup pools. I hear I was going to ask you about Baker Mayfield. This is a lot more interesting. <laughs> Actually, we were just having a conversation. Morocco and Spain are playing right now. I mean, the history there is unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, it's just, yeah. All it's, kinds of wars, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. separated. by. Strait I mean, I took of a, Gibraltar has provided little impediment. <laughs> I, I took a boat across that strait of Gibraltar one time. 100% true story. I I, my, my honeymoon was Morocco and Spain. That's where we were. Yeah. We went from Tangiers to Good thing they were getting along. Marbella, Puerto Banush, whatever it was down there in the southern coast of Spain. Beautiful um, part of the world. Okay, so, yeah, I, I, I tend to root for these countries. So you and I couldn't be more different. I don't know anything about any of these teams. And so I root for them based upon the cuisine I prefer. Oh, see, that's so, good. So I like Spanish. Your pool would be very Spanish different. Spanish food. But I'm also for great. Spain. Yeah. I, that's not who I pick. That's just who I would like to see win. Sure, sure. And I root for, I'll root for Portugal today because I, I like Nuno and I'd like to see him be happy. Sure. Okay. Anyway, so let me get to this. So we were just – the subject of um, – in this case, it, it, it kicked off with Mike White and Zach Wilson, but I'm actually going to go back to something Mike Tannenbaum said okay. on Get Up this morning. He said, going to, to next year, roughly a third of the league is going to be looking for a new quarterback, mm-hmm. and that sort of has become the thing. There, there are so many outstanding young quarterbacks in the NFL, and then there's like a, an unimaginable drop-off – Right to the next level of players and teams that are constantly yeah. looking the Russell to make Wilsons changes. of the world. Yeah, that's been <laughs> that's been unbelievable. Right, <laughs> really, it's unbelievable. Like as an aside, well, so so we put anyway, together yeah. a list this morning. Hembo and I did of players slash teams that seem worth talking about, and I actually wrote Broncos with six question marks yeah, next but to they're it. Stuck. That's what I mean. Like there's yeah. zero. They Russell Wilson is going to get two head coaches fired before they give up wow. on him. Right, Lock. It's locked in for two years, so I mean they're stuck with him next year for sure, and then and that's it. Well, it would be costly, but you could get out of it. It wouldn't be cost prohibitive. It really depends on your 
you know how much plus the everything they waste. gave up to get him. I mean, the, I the owner's first move was to sign him to I'm a contract for a quarter you. of a billion dollars. Yeah, they sold him on that. It's a good deal for you guys. It's not we're not asking for more than Aaron Rodgers got. But lock in now is smart by Russell. Th- that could wind up being one of the worst moves. It just in the big picture, franchise devastating moves. Yeah. The acquisition uh, soup to nuts of Russell Wilson in Denver. I'm not sure that you're not better off trading a bunch of picks, whatever you got. For like a superstar wide receiver because it's worked in Philly, it's worked in Miami, it's worked in Buffalo. Meanwhile, the Russell Wilson thing has failed, the Carson Wentz thing has mm, failed, the Baker Mayfield thing has failed, the Matt Ryan thing has failed. Like, there's probably a dozen to a dozen and a half quarterbacks for whom are like on a different tier or level. Right. But if you can find yourself a legit one, like an apex predator out on the outside yeah, that yeah. you can like win one-on-one every time. I'm not so sure that's not a better strategy and not only better in that sense, but probably more cost-effective. Kind of goes back to that issue. Remember before the Bengals draft last year, should they take Jamar Chase or the, or the tackle mm. from Oregon Sewell, right? And then that, that, that the difference it's made has been... Uh, unbelievable. But yeah, you're right. That kind of value on that kind of player used to be like you'd only trade a first round pick for a quarterback, mm-hmm. except in rare circumstances. But you're right. Minnesota, Philly, all these teams that have done it. Teams that are looking to fill holes could go to ZipRecruiter. They can fill any job you're hiring for this holiday season. Four out of five ZipRecruiter employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. OK, so making it completely clear that all I'm really asking you to do here is guess, or at least give us sort of the directions you think all this might go. Okay. I wrote down a couple of situations. The first one, I just wrote down the name Brady. What what does Brady's offseason and future look like? Best guess. I think he probably finds somewhere else to play next year. I don't know what that situation is. I mean, you can't rule out retirement. Obviously, he's going to be 46, but I don't know, man. Like, he, he seems to have that that burning desire still. So I don't think it's Tampa. I think that's run its course. But where does he land? We had some fun with it this morning on the show, talking about places like going back to New England or going to San Francisco. But, yeah, I, th- I, th- I would think he plays somewhere else. I, just, I saw the New England thing. Did Matt Light say that last week? Someone yeah, said it while yeah, I was sick. And then Tampa. Tampa. Is that, do people I, think that's a possibility? I haven't heard it anywhere sort of reliable. But, like, I haven't heard it from anyone in New England. Right. Right? Like, involved with the team. Uh, nor would you now, so, anyway, right? Right, because, right, right, obviously. <laughs> But, um, no, it would be fun. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where he and Belichick stand relationship-wise. I mean, there'd be a lot, to, a lot to figure out. I don't know if it'd be fun for him. I watched them play offensive football the other night. If I'm Mac Jones, I, and look, he seems like a high-strong young person he anyway. He, he, he's got to be ready to pull his hair out. He what are they be. doing there, Dan? Yeah, they, they, you would have to drastically improve the personnel on offense if you, if you were going to convince Tom Brady to come back and, and play there. And the coaching they have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia coaching their yeah. offense. Hasn't worked. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not, you know, like people want to bang on Patricia like, oh, he's a defensive coach. What's he know? I mean, he started out as an offensive coach. He was an offensive lineman. Belichick cross-trains his guys all the time. The fact of the matter is they're not scoring points. I mean, right, so it's not working. So you do wonder if, if there's a change coming there at some point at the end of the year, too. So I think a lot would have to change about the situation, but it's not impossible that it could. He's really bad at it. He's, a, he's really <laughs> yeah, bad mean, at coaching. You know, and Joe, Judge, Joe Judge's tenure in New York is one of the most laughable things that's happened in the NFL in recent memory. He, he literally got fired with great shame. It was unfortunate. Yeah, and these yeah. are the two people that they have handed Mac Jones' promising young career to. Bill decided to go with a couple guys that he believes in, right? Coaches he trained, right? Whatever happened in Detroit, New York... You know, maybe they learned from it, et cetera. It, it just it hasn't worked. Now, whatever the 
I still think their bigger issues on offense are personnel, right? Like you don't have any any different. You don't have an alpha wide mm-hmm. receiver. You don't, I'm not sure you have any beta wide receivers <laughs> in, in New England. They I mean, they're just one of the not a lot of difference last makers. year. Yeah, he's been hurt. And I know. Yeah. I'm saying he's he keeps drafting receivers, and they yeah. keep needing people at that position. Some people do it better than others. There's there's a lot of reason for people to be a little discombobulated with what's going on there. All right, help me figure out what's going to happen with the Jets. You just heard a little bit of the yes. conversation we had. Here's what I think is the likeliest scenario, that Mike White continues to play at least reasonably well for the rest of this season, well enough that they do not bench him again this season. He starts the rest of this year. Maybe they do, maybe they don't get into the playoffs. But that Zach Wilson has every opportunity to win this job back next year. If I had to predict what I think will happen, that I think is the likeliest future path i think that's probably your hope right like the uh, the hope would be that well, i guess the dream is that mike white is so good that you just figure they win the super bowl and sign him guy. to a six-year yeah. right uh, I mean, anything's possible right but that feels uh, unlikely it's also possible that mike white you know turns into a pumpkin at some point and you have to think about going back to zach wilson depending on what you've seen in the meantime so what you were talking about there uh, what Salah's doing is still part of his job to coach Wilson. Right. Like, he's still on the team, and he might need him. White could get hurt. He could start to play badly. I was looking, up, I was looking at the schedule while you were talking about that. They have Buffalo this right. weekend. It gets easier. It does, but, I mean, like, you need a lot of points to, 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 to beat the Lions. Right? right. Like, it's not, they're not a pushover team right now. No, no, no. That's a shootout waiting to happen. At Seattle, at Miami to finish. That, that, that's, not a, that's not a super now, easy schedule. in between? There's a game in between. They got home against Jacksonville, which, yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, they're not, you know, no. it, it's not like, you know, Houston. No game is that easy, but, I mean, they right. could, you know, whatever. They've beaten Buffalo. They could easily have beaten Minnesota on the road. So, you mean, Mike White could go into Buffalo next week and look horrible. Right. Like, just straight up horrendous, right? And then now you have to figure something out because, well, we can't run that out. There. That's in the potential range of outcomes. So I think keeping Zach Wilson viable and telling Zach Wilson, here's what you have to do to create a situation where we'd go back to you if we needed to. I, I think that's completely reasonable. Let me ask you one more. Uh, and that is, it's, a, it's one that hasn't come up in a while. What is the Giants going to do a quarterback? Yeah. Has that, is that a decision you think internally they've made? No. Oh, no, not at all. I don't think so at all. I think, you know, that, I think they're impressed with what Daniel Jones has shown them this year from a mm. toughness standpoint. Right. I think the questions you have to ask yourself are, how far can we go with Daniel Jones as our quarterback? And there's a number there, right? Like, if you don't have a better option, their record's going to be too good to pick somebody at the top of the draft. So, here, Daniel, this is our offer. This is what we think. You know, we bring you back. It's whatever. It's a short-term deal. It's whatever the money is. We're going to continue to, you know, don't be surprised. We draft a guy. But here's what we – and if he doesn't like it, you know, then you go out and find somebody else who might take a deal like that that you like about the same. But I, I think there I think there are a lot of potential – ways that that could still go. I don't think they're set on Daniel Jones long-term. I think Brian Dayball is a coach quarterbacks are going to want to play for. Oh, I agree. Not just quarterbacks, but yes, I I agree. Lots of people. But in this particular case, we're talking about – all right, who have you got in the Portugal game today? You got Portugal? I believe I have I'm not sure if they ever had a war with – who are they playing again? Who's Portugal Switzerland. playing today? Switzerland. That's right, Switzerland. Switzerland hadn't fought a lot of wars. No, no, they're, neutral. Uh, they're not. That's right. They're neutral. They're, they're the definition yeah, yeah, of not but having fought wars. There was a time, wars. you know, when uh, who did I, I? I forget who I picked. Remember, I sent the email out last night. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Portugal. We got to root for Portugal. A lot of people have Portugal winning the tournament, bringing mm-hmm. it home for Nuno. You remember and who you picked to win it all? 
I picked France to win it all. France to win it out of Argentina. I'm, I'm on the messy train. They started slow. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, they got beat in the first game by Saudi Arabia. H- Hembo would pick coming. France. <laughs> <laughs> Portugal. Go to Portugal and go uh, party in the Ironbound over there in Newark tonight. Be, he, he would really enjoy it. All right. Uh, well done. Danny, thank you, as always, for everything and for being here. <laughs> thank you for picking up. Last week, just jumping in on a, in a pinch. Oh, yeah. I went down hard that. Uh, on Get Up. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We got busy with a bunch of things yesterday, so we didn't get any hot takes in. So we're going to set aside some time for those. In about 10 minutes, I will give you the number, and I will tell you to call. And it'll be your chance to jump in with some hot takes. One of the things that we got busy with yesterday, we didn't have nearly enough time to, because Hembo attacked me when I gave my opinions on the college football playoff committee getting it exactly right. Hembo seemed to take personal umbrage at that, despite my having been obviously correct. And you fought me on it so long that you actually, you, 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 what you really did was you messed up yourself because what you missed out on was the ability to talk about baseball, which is what you really want to do on this show anyway. Yeah, I listened back to the show yesterday. I was oddly aggressive about something I don't care about at all. You, you jumped down my throat wrote and all i said was i thought that the committee got it right, right. which 
pretty much everyone has said, uh, and yet you seemed as though I had walked up and insulted your beautiful daughters, Michelle and, you know, the other one. And, and for no obvious reason, you took great umbrage. Yeah, no obvious reason. To my opinion. So now let's do this. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Nothing sums up baseball right now better than the sentence I am about to speak. This weekend, there was the opportunity for several of the legends of the game to be voted into the Hall of Fame. Don Mattingly, Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Rafael Palmero, Roger Clemens. And the only person who got in was Fred McGriff. Now, Fred McGriff was a terrific player. I'm very happy for the crime dog that he got into the Hall of Fame. Good for him. However, there is something so inane about what is going on here that at some point it is going to have to be addressed. It is just unsightly. It is like having something, you know, if, if, if you, I'm trying to think, like if you invite someone to your house, and do you clean up a little? You know, certainly you would automatically, and, mm-hmm. and if not, I'm sure Lizzie would be insistent that you do. And if you had something really gross, I don't even know what, like a big stack of, of, of dirty laundry just in a big pile that you, because you're a disgusting person, had just dropped on the floor in the middle of the living room. I just, I don't even know what I'm using here, but this is the only analogy I could think of. You're so sick. <laughs> and I'm coming over. Lizzie is going to have the decency to say, put at least put the laundry in a basket someplace so that everyone doesn't come and see it. That's sort of like having a process in which you're just putting their dirty laundry out there. Like, why are you doing this? You should be hiding this. You should be trying as hard as you can to keep secret the fact that the best players in the history of your sport are not in the Hall of Fame. And... To have an exercise in which you allow people to make that decision again without knowing ahead of time they're going to change the decision that has previously been made and instead just put in Fred McGriff. (laughs) This is just airing your dirty laundry. Hembo, how do you explain it? Uh, This process was a sham. So... Obviously, the way that it works is when you retire, there's a five-year waiting period, and then you have 10 years on the writer's ballot to get in the Hall of Fame. All right, Fred McGriff is no exception. Fred, Fred McGriff had 10 years chance. <laughs> it is uh, 75% required for induction. He never got to 40, okay? Fred McGriff played baseball for nearly 20 years. Never once did he finish top three in his own league in MVP voting, meaning there was never a time at any point in Fred McGriff's career the same writers that didn't elect him to the Hall of Fame thought he was amongst the three best players in his own league. All right, Fred McGriff had a perfectly fine career, like you said. No, no, he had better than a fine no. career. He had an excellent career. But there's a big difference between having had an excellent career and being a Hall of Famer. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. He was better than a decent player. He was a very, very good player. By Hall of Fame voting standards, though, he's somewhere in the middle. That, no, he's not even that. He's not even close. You just made the point. Mm-hmm. Four out of ten people who make these decisions <laughs> d- voted against him. At his apex. At, at his absolute best. He was, there was never a moment in time when if you asked any knowledgeable baseball fan to make a list of the five best players in the sport that his name would have been mentioned. That's right. Not one moment in time. And yet, there were 16 people on this committee 
All 16 of them voted for Fred McGriff. He was unanimous. They unanimously vote. He and Mariano Rivera <laughs> now share the distinction of being the only ones to be unanimously voted into the Hall of Fame. And, and here's why the process is a sham, though. Like, it's pretty clear, based upon the people that they put on this committee, which includes his former <laughs> teammate Greg Maddox, that it's not about how good you are. It's about how, how persuasive you are in that room. This is how Harold Baines got in a couple of years ago when Tony LaRussa shoved it down everyone's throats. Like, this is how it works. I don't like how that works because that's not the best way to determine who belongs in the Hall of Fame. And while you can make a credible argument that Bonds and Clemens don't belong in the Hall of Fame because their careers were inauthentic, no such argument exists for Kurt Schilling. The biggest sham here of all is that Kurt Schilling remains out of the Hall of Fame for reasons that Hall of Fame voters, whether it be the writers or people on various committees, continue to hold against him for reasons unbeknownst to me. Yes, because he is, um, in the views of many, a despicable human being. He is now easy to despise. But that doesn't have, I mean, again, I, I hate to even run through this, but can you go through the all despicable lineup in the history of the Hall of Fame? There's a lot of despicableness in that, in that building. A lot of despicableness. What's and, the most obvious one? Uh, Cap Anson erected the color barrier. Right. So Cap Anson erected the color barrier. Everything about that sentence is somewhat jarring. Right. Particularly your use of the word erected. Erected. Uh, but, but, but that's fine. It's a, you could have chosen a different word, but, here, but, but that's okay. Thing, like, if you're tasked with choosing who belongs, who, who belongs to be celebrated there, right? Kurt Schilling here, we know, at least we don't believe, used steroids. And truly, at no point in his career was he ever considered the person he is now. Look, Kurt Schilling is not a good human being. Is not considered... Didn't, didn't he... What, what's, the, what's the humanitarian award in the sport? He's the most decorated, quote-unquote, good, good man in the history of the sport. The Branch Rickey, the Roberto Clemente... The Lou Gehrig, the Hutch. Baseball has four integrity. He won all of those while playing. While playing. Yeah. All four. And had a career that I think is definitively Hall of Fame worthy. Mm -hmm. Now, he isn't Roger Clemens as far as his resume is concerned. So if you wanted to have a debate about whether or not you think his career is Hall of Fame worthy, but that clearly isn't the conversation that we are having. It is simply because they don't like but again, here's what I will say. So, so I, I agree with you. Uh, you m- m- may be a little stronger on the shilling piece of it than I am, and I, I, I don't know where you are on the Bonds and Clemens thing, but I'm pretty strong on them. But either way, the point of it is, you cannot have this exercise over the weekend and walk away with Fred McGriff. <laughs> no. Like, it just doesn't, it just, it, it, you just, I hope everyone involved realizes how ridiculous they look. Like, not one person abstained from voting for him just for the sake of coverage? Like, it doesn't make... Like, come on. Like, yeah. it is completely outrageous. They assembled a group of 16 people because the Hall of Fame wanted him in the Hall of Fame and wanted to make sure that neither Clemens uh, uh, nor Bonds got even four votes. Like, they went, they, like, when you look at, like, the breakdown of the, of the voting here, it's less than four votes for both of them. So they did something that I would have previously thought impossible. They took the fact that their... That, that their most accomplished players ever are not in the Hall of Fame because of these really nefarious reasons and stuff that turns everybody off. That has been a situation for a while, and they somehow managed to make it worse. Much. I have no idea how, Much. but they actually said, let's figure out something we can do that makes this even worse than it already is. That's what they accomplished. That said, congratulations to Fred McGriff, <laughs> the newly elected unanimous Hall of Famer. All right, our phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Greeny, the podcast. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. All right, Greeny, with you here as we uh, work our way through a very busy sports week. Great football out there. The basketball is good. Baseball signings coming in. What I miss? What 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 just happened? Well, the Yankees made a big signing. Uh, Brian Cashman? No, uh, Tommy Canely, a relief pitcher, two-year deal. Okay, there you go. Not the one that we're all waiting for, the billion dollars that someone's going to give Aaron Judge. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but one way or another, we have thrown open the phone lines to you at 888-SAY-ESPN, your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. We got super busy yesterday, so didn't get your hot takes. You can take this any direction you want with us this morning here on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's first? We're going to start with Rich. Rich, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give us a hot take, Rich. Go. Yeah, I think you're being a little bit hard on uh, Fred McGriff. Um, I mean, he's got close to 500 home runs, top 30 there. 52.3 career war, which puts him right in the sweet spot for getting into the hall. Plus, he was an amazing human being off the field with uh, his charity work and his um, leadership, community outreach. So I think he absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Good. I I, I appreciate the take. I I think that his candidacy was uh, not really the point of the conversation, but I understand what you're saying. The, the, the flip side, of maybe we could just be having a discussion about what we think the Hall of Fame's criteria should be, mm. which is to say, I've always said, if you have to ask for the statistics, then in my opinion, I'm already inclined not to vote for the player. Let me make clear, I'm not a voter. I've never had a vote. I don't think there's any reason to think I'm ever going to. But if I were casting a vote, my first criteria would be, I hope I don't have to look at the numbers. Because if I have to look at the numbers, then you're already telling me that this person wasn't either inarguably one of the greatest players of all time or someone who created indelible moments and memories that you will just have with you forever. And to me, Kurt Schilling falls in that second category. And Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens and many others fall in that first category. Now, you want to have an argument about, well, how close, he got, how close was he to 500 home runs? 493. Four, and you, so, you would have gotten to 500 if, it, if not for the strike. Right. So, so, and look, that has always been a magic number. And you want to say, look, you want to say that Fred McGriff belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm not here to argue with you, Rich. I, I'm good with that. I was okay with him not being in, but I'm not trying to take away the, the moment from Fred McGriff or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is the idea that Fred McGriff is a unanimous choice. But Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and, and Kurt Schilling and others aren't good enough. I mean, was, was Fred McGriff 
definitively, I'm going to ask you an honest question because you, un- you, you break these numbers down better than I do. And I was growing up at the time, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Was Fred McGriff a better player than Don Manningly? Yes. Definitively better? Not definitively better. Don Manningly had a greater peak. McGriff was able to collect more numbers because he played longer. He, he compiled bigger numbers. Okay, fair enough. You know, Rich, I'm going to give you it. I'm, it's an excellent take. I'm glad you called. I'm glad you made it. I don't have to agree with it, but I like it, and I'm glad you called. Thank you. Uh, uh, Bubba, who's next? We'll go to David. David, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Go, David. Give us a hot take. Hey, Greeny. In my opinion, uh, Fred McGriff getting unanimous, uh, to me, kind of slaps Ken Griffey Jr. and Jeter in the face. Merry Christmas. Go Jets. Thank you. Sorry, I was in the middle of a sip of water. Yeah, look, everyone understands it's not the same thing. I was mostly joking around when I said that he gets in unanimously. I don't think that the, the every year when the voting comes up, I don't think that we have to now amend it to say, well, there's only two players who've gotten in unanimously, Mariano Rivera and Fred McGriff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I get your point, and it was a good call. Here's the deal. At his apex... <laughs> Four out of ten writers, four out of ten voters thought he was a Hall of Famer. Right. And 16 of 16 committee members thought he was a Hall of Famer. Right. The disconnect between the two is obviously the biggest point of contention. Here if there's me. something else that this has done, it has, I think, reinforced something I've said for a long time, which is that the Baseball Writers Association of America is an imperfect body. It is made up of people. Thus, it is imperfect both in the big picture and small. But it is the best way there is to make this decision. These big decisions are being made by the right collection of people. And the fact that I don't happen to agree with one or two things they do, by and large, doesn't change that. It was Jason Stark who said it to me once upon a time. I remember I was all upset. I forget which player wasn't unanimous. Might have been Jeter. Someone got in, and that player wasn't unanimous. And I remember going on and on and on about how this is ridiculous and the system is a joke and how can you not vote for him and they should take the vote away. And Jason Stark came on and he, he, he said, look, Greeny, I'm not disagreeing with you. Clearly, Derek Jeter, I, I, just to say it was him, I'm not sure it was. Clearly, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. I completely agree it is ridiculous not to vote for him. But go show me the player who didn't get in who should have. Go, if Derek Jeter didn't get in on the first ballot, then I could understand being this level of outraged. Mm-hmm. The fact that two people left him off the ballot or whatever it was, let's face it, it's really not a catastrophe. And he was right. So the biggest problems that we have with the writer's ballots, up until the steroid piece of all of this, have always been around the margins. They're very small complaints. Now, the steroid thing has become the elephant in the room that you're, you're almost never going to get around because the Hall of Fame and Major League Baseball have just passed it off to the writers. They've washed their hands of this problem. They've basically said, yeah, let's let the writers take all of the heat when clearly someone else should be deciding this. The writers don't have the option of voting for Pete Rose. They don't have the option of voting for Shoeless Joe Jackson. It would be a very courageous move for someone to say, we're not going to give them the option of voting for Barry Bonds. Or, well, See, I think the line would have to be someone who tested positive because that's the only conclusive proof you have. But he never did. No, Bonds wouldn't be one of or those Clemens. people. But at least there would be some signal that... Use of performance-enhancing drugs is a disqualifier in the official opinion of someone besides the Baseball Writers Association of America. But that ambiguity is what the Baseball Hall of Fame thrives on. And years ago, Joe Morgan, who at that point was on the board, made it very clear in that strongly worded letter that he wanted nothing to do with Hall of Famers. That is their, uh, with steroid users in the Hall of Fame, that is their official position. And you said they washed their hands of it. 
with the fact that Clemens and Bonds they put together a committee for which both of them got less than four votes, that was them drawing their hands of it. Like, there is a 0% chance that Clemens or Bonds will ever be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's a better chance that Pete Rose someday will be in the Hall of Fame than Bonds or Clemens. It's a fascinating little scenario here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Your hot takes at 888-SAY-ESPN. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, we'll go to Steve. Steve, serve him up hot. Go. Yes, I am just glad that Greeny has not gotten on the Vikings and Kirk Cousins bandwagon because he's the one who predicted the Colts would go to the Super Bowl this year. Skull Vikings. Did I predict the Colts would go to the Super Bowl this year? I think I picked the Ravens and the Bucks before the season began. I don't remember that Colts pick. You may have like, um, picked them as like a sleeper to do so. Yeah, my, my, my preseason pick was definitely that. So, look, I totally get it. If you're a Vikings fan, you have every reason to be totally aggravated with all of us jerks in the national media who do not buy. The team is 10-2, and two, and they never even get mentioned in a conversation about the better teams in the NFL. You know why? Why? Because they're not one of the better teams in the NFL. That's ridiculous. They're if the objective of every game when it is kicked off is to win, they've done it 10 out of 12 times. That is better than anyone but one team in the entire sport. They've got 10 wins. Their scoring margin is plus 10. They, they go by the standings. But if we're looking forward, if we're predicting what's going to happen, your scoring margin is a better indicator of how good you are than your record. And thus, the Vikings are an average <laughs> football team. No, but... but, but if, if you're saying that to me and I'm them, I'm going to say to you that this is one of the stupider things that people try and point out, while I understand the logic of it. Because at the end of the day, no one begins the season saying, let's make sure we score more points than we allow over the course of 17 games. They go into it saying, let's win as many games as we possibly can, and they have done that. That's true. But that doesn't mean they're going to have any chance in the playoffs. And that's what we're talking about. Well, look, lots of surprising things also happen in the playoffs. You show me the team they absolutely can't beat in the playoffs. Dallas, Philly, San Francisco. Oh, I think they can beat San Francisco with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I'm not sure that Brock Purdy in that uh, offense is any worse off than Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins has been bad this year. Bad. Flat out bad. I mean, can you extrapolate on that? I mean, what, what, what number can you suggest to me? That, what is his QBR? His QBR is 51 point something. It was exactly between, average. Between, like, when I checked yesterday, it was between Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. Her Cousins has been at, like, at best average this year when you consider he's throwing to Justin Jefferson and has had good line play. You could put in almost anyone else and they would be better. He is, th- this is why I don't like the Vikings. They're, He's not been good. They've not been good. They found a way to win games. They're going to lose a couple more games this year and get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. That doesn't mean that what they've accomplished is not great, but it is to say that they're not going to do anything because they're not that good. So here's the difference between Hembo and I. The caller called in. He was obviously put off by all of this. I tried to give him a little love. I tried to make him feel good, and you just smacked him in the face. You've gotten very surly. I can't help but notice. You, you, surly? Yeah, you're, you, you have a surly quality to you. The... Um, the Minnesota Vikings have a scoring margin of four points worse than the Seahawks. It's nearly the same as the Bucks and the Commanders. Like this is not a this is an average football team. Like I know they go off the standings; they'll probably be the two seed because of it. But they're not that good. They, we'll see. Like, over a long period of time. So if it's they're the two margin. seed, if they're the two seed, then the worst wild card is going to come to their place the first weekend, right? So if they're the two seed, right? Because Philly and Dallas, one of them is going to be the five. Yeah. So, so whoever it is, you're right. Minnesota right now, overwhelmingly likely to be the two seed. The worst wild card is going to be probably the Giants or Commanders. 
Probably. Is right? Probably. Is that how this is all shaping up right now? Mm-hmm. Am I doing the math right in my head? Are all four teams from the East going to get in? Oh, right now, all four teams from the East would get in. Isn't Seattle going to screw that up? So, let's see here. If all four of them get in, then Seattle doesn't, unless they surpass San Francisco, right? Seattle, be, yes, you're right. Seattle. Would that's be all the, the wild cards. We have no all. more room for any more wild cards. Correct, correct. So, if, San, if Seattle winds up at Minnesota the first weekend of the playoffs, you don't like Minnesota in that game? No. If Washington winds up in Minnesota in the first weekend of the playoffs, who do you like in that game? Coin flip. I'd pro- probably Minnesota. Probably. Giants at Vikings. Probably Minnesota. Okay. So, I mean, that's – and then the winner of – then they would host another game. Yeah. And it still wouldn't be against – so it would probably be at that point against whoever the five seed is. No. Wouldn't it if be – I mean, yes, they reseed, but yes. I, either way, they're, they're definitively worse than the top three teams in the conference. I'm saying is they're just not nearly as good as their record would indicate. <laughs> okay. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, I, go. I, I have to keep doing the math in my head about the way all these things wind up. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Give me one more. Bubba, who you got? Let's go to Craig right here in Connecticut. All right, Craig, you're on ESPN Radio. Give us a hot take. Craig, go. Well, what I have is a suggestion for settling the bet between Hembo and uh, Bubba. Uh, I love it. From Monday. Let's go. Have you seen 40-year-old virgin? I have seen the 40-year-old See, the virgin, is- yes. Have you seen the uh, the chest waxing scene? Listen, I mean, have I seen it? Yeah, I, we lived it on the show. I mean, we, we, we had a, a leg waxing wager on Mike and Mike back in the day, and I played sound drops from 40-Year-Old Virgin about 6,000 times in the build-up to that. So are you suggesting that the loser I between— think, I think a chest wax—yes, I am. So, so that's a good call, Craig. I appreciate it. Let's lose the music. Call. I like the call. Let me see. Do you have a lot of chest hair? Bubba, let me see your chest. I, I literally have no chest hair. You do have some chest I, I, hair over there. I mean, has pretty hairy. My legs would be hairy, but I have an no annoying chest, amount of chest hair. You, you do. You've got a lot of chest hair. That would be an excruciating. It would hurt a lot. Like when the woman in 40-Year-Old Virgin says, cancel all my appointments for the rest of the day, <laughs> um, which I will, be, I will hear in my head till, the, till my dying day when Mike was having his legs waxed. Um, that was of all the years of Mike and Mike. That was the most relieved I ever was not to lose a wager. Number one. Number one. I really wow. didn't want to have my legs waxed. It was 2004, it looks like. I'm looking in the system I right was, now. No, it wasn't four. It was, it was more. No, 2004 was when Mike had his eyebrows waxed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah, was I, eyebrows, one. eyebrows waxed was 04, yep. <laughs> the very first wager we ever did. And then 09, I think, was the second 09, one. Yep. that's right, because I remember what studio we were in. We weren't in that studio yet in 04. So it would be, Bubba, your legs would be your, the hairiest yeah, part of your body? Yeah, that's, yeah, my chest, no, but back, that's, back that's nothing. right out of Mike and Mike. We have to do something that hasn't been done. Right. Like, we have to create our own thing. Like, we've already done that. We, 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 we've done, Bubba actually was involved in a wager that involved the pieing in the face. Right, yep. when the Mets played right, the yeah, Cubs we, that year. Yeah, Ray and I won that one. We pied uh, Nick and, and uh, Seth. Remember yeah. how bad Nick Nate and Seth were at singing? At singing. Oh, yeah, they had to send a song. It was almost impossible to fathom. <laughs> it was disturbing. <laughs> it was the worst singing that I've ever heard in my entire As, life. Uh, since it's the World Cup <laughs> you know, World Cup fever, how about get, we get Taylor Twelman to come in and, and take some penalty shots oh, directly no. in their chest? Directly at you with no What's with this with no gloves, yeah, the, nothing. Physical pain with this guy. Nuno yeah. is only interested in seeing me get hit in the face by some object. Yes, Nuno is the one who yesterday suggested the loser gets punched in the face because that's the way he is. All right, Nuno, good luck to your beloved side today. I hope Portugal wins for you and all of my friends in Lisboa. 
And uh, I will hopefully be back tomorrow if I don't stop coughing between now and then. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.